Welcome to For the Health of It, starring Dr. Jenny Brooke, vitality expert and wellness chiropractor at Spinal Corrective Center in Amherst, New Hampshire. She is joined by producer Mike Clark. This dynamic, sometimes crazy, sometimes funny, and always entertaining duo will inspire you to eat, move, sleep, think, and live better. You're listening to Raw Talk about full potential living for the health of it. So good to be in the studio. Hello, Mike. Hello, Jenny. How are happy you? Happy to see you. Happy to see you. Always a pleasure to see you. And aren't you happy you can look to your left I and know. see the smiling, smiling face? Another favorite girl. Dr. Margaret Miklas yes. is in the house. Hello, Margaret. Hi there. How is everybody? You know, we are amazing. And I have you here today because you have been one of my most popular guests on the show. And we've done shows on thyroid disease. We've done shows on Lyme disease. And, you know, I get so many questions about Ayurveda mm-hmm. and you're an Ayurveda practitioner. So mm-hmm. I'm like, we're going to bring her back on to talk about this. That's exciting. Yes. This is one of my favorite topics. So I'm really excited to answer all your questions and have dialogue. Well, and just for our listeners, Dr. Margaret Miklas is a naturopathic doctor and she has graduated from the Kripalu School of Ayurveda and she's actually on clinical faculty at Kripalu. And she's also um, an executive board secretary of the National Ayurvedic Medical Association. So this woman knows what she's talking about. I know a little bit about it, but <laughs> I will say that it is a deep well, so I don't know it's everything, a... but I can give you some basic stuff. How well, about that? you know, we don't have a ton of time, so let's keep it, let's keep it kind of on keep the surface. Keep it simple for me. You know... For Michael, yes, yes. Yeah, so I can follow along. Well, and like many of these shows, we skim over topics that you could easily spend 30 hours researching. So if anything, we hope to just develop an interest to our listeners to learn more. Why don't we start with what is Ayurveda? Ah, oh, great question. Um, it's a profound but simple answer. You know, Ayurveda is actually the science of life. And so, you know, when you really start to study some of these ancient... Um, healing modalities, you, you look at them in a perspective a little more differently than what our, you know, the average Western medical culture is, primarily because, you know, for example, Ayurveda really is a way of life. So when you go to India, you know, it's a system of medicine that was rooted in ancient India, when you go to India, there's certain pieces of Ayurveda that you see every single day. And so Ayurveda isn't just India. Ayurveda is here. It's about the seasons. It's about our constitution. It's about five element theory. So everything that you see um, really can be broken down into this particular theory, which is five elements. So ether, air, fire, water, and earth. And so when you talk about disease or you talk about the seasons or you talk about wellness or you talk about a person or you talk about an animal, Ayurvedic principles can be used. And it's to me, it's one of the greatest um, lenses. So, you know, we have our hands to actually diagnose. We have our stethoscope to diagnose. But Ayurveda is one of the unique lenses that we can use to really look at a person and to understand from a disease, from a pathology standpoint, what's actually going on. And the truth of the matter is, is we're looking at really what's the opposite, right? So if we have, Mike and I talked about this before, if there's too much fire, do you want to give more fire or do you want to figure out a way to cool it down? And so typically we want to figure out a way to cool it down if we don't want more fire. And that's funny because you can think of people who have a lot of fire in them and you can think of seasons where it's more fiery. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the areas that I would say is really interesting. Like, for example, somebody came into my clinical practice today and was complaining about having some digestive issues. And we are in pitta season, right? This is the fiery season of the year, pitta's fire and water. And so they had come in and they were talking about how they were eating a lot of hot and spicy food and they were really not feeling good and that hmm. their digestion was really messed up. And Sounds some like of the, a lot of fire. <laughs> yeah, and so, some of their symptoms that had been resolved in the past, you know, were creeping back into the picture. And it was mm. kind of like, well, you're in pitta season. You have a pitta constitution and you're eating pitta foods. What do you expect? <laughs> right. <laughs> you got a lot of fire here. You're just adding more to the mix. So cut it out. Get some oh. aloe vera juice and fennel yeah. and coconut milk in there and you'll cool <laughs> things down a little bit more and jump in a pool. See, this is where it gets exciting because you can use, in your clinical practice, you can use the person or the season's constitution to help balance and this the symptom. Is, this is why Ayurveda and I would say, again, other ancient healing systems, it's this microcosm in the macrocosm, right? The universe is not disconnected from us. We are not disconnected from the universe. And so when you look at that umbilical cord between us and the universe or the season, right, there's a direct connection. Because lots of people, you've heard this before, people say, and Mike, you've probably experienced it. People say, oh, I'm really worse in the cold, you know, the really sure. cold. What, what, yeah. A Vata person would for sure say this, that right? Would be me. I get bone chilling cold. I get, you know, and, and this is where it's kind of like, well, you've got to use the seasons to benefit you and you've got to protect yourself in the time of seasons so that you, that you can actually optimize your health. And we aren't disconnected from all of that. And that's why I love Ayurveda so much and some of these ancient healing systems, because really, truly what it comes down to is you're really connected to the universe. And, and we lose that in our Western medical this culture. It's probably a weird question, but do you think living a place where there are seasons are healthier for you? Hmm. That's a weird question, yeah, I know. I, well, I, hmm, that, that is an interesting question. Um, probably for the person of origin. It, it's actually say. a really great question because when I've been in India and worked on some clinical training that I've done, a lot of the Indian doctors have told me that they have a hard time really understanding um, Westerners and Western pathology because, like, for example, in India, when you know somebody's from a specific region, like, you know, when monsoon's happening, you know, right, when the right. other... So the seasons are actually influencing... So from an origin standpoint, I would say really kind of understanding where you are and where you originate from and what that evolution is right. can certainly influence what the outcome... I was just curious about that because some people say, oh, well, you know, it's great to have winter because it's sort of a cleansing thing. Everything dies, then everything grows back. And, yeah. And, you know what I mean? The insects die and you know and i would say i would say just to sort of nail your question because i think it's you know you want an answer um every even in areas that don't seem like they're seasonal in comparison to us where we have really distinct clear seasons right they yeah. are in fact i think there's five seasons designated in india that oh wow that don't really look like our seasons so much but have their own particular qualities and aspects that really relate to five element mm. theory so there's really a life cycle yeah Let's spend a moment going through the five elements again and sure. just maybe the basic characteristics. Like, for example, so I know earth is one of the five elements and it represents yeah. like And solidity. I want to challenge you on this. Oh, okay. Okay. Good. So what is earth? Like, so what is earth in this room right now? What seems the most earth, most earth like to you? When I think earth, like I think of wood or yeah. grounded. Right. Right. So this, and what's Where the quality of it? Like stability. Right. Um, 
it's just hard it's solid it's, it's hard dense, right yes. that's earth dense. that's earth right it's the ground it's like that's really you know and kapha dosha is earth and water right so the real truth about earth is that it's heavy in quality and grounding right density where when we get when we start going up the ladder of the five elements you'll notice like the difference between earth and ether like there's some real subtle quality Which to is ether. Air. Yeah. E- well, no. E- no. What's air, ether? Air and e- ether is you don't see ether. It's that's real subtle aspect. Like, was it like ozone or something? Yeah. E- ether is. Yeah. It's the most subtle quality. It's you know this is akash. This is. Um, it's not tangible like earth, right? It's okay. it's the, to to really describe the quality of ether is harder than to say dry, describing the quality of earth. There's more subtlety to that quality. Right. So and then and then the next less dense would be water. Right. From Earth. But still there's density in water. Right. But what else is water? It's like flow. Yeah. It's flow. It's fluid. It's slippery. Right. right? Yeah. Can you hold it? There's it's harder to capture. Right. So you can see as we go up the chain of elements that we go from a more dense quality to a less dense quality as we begin to observe what the element theory is Mm -hmm. um so fire again right it's sharp heat right but still more more subtle than earth sure right you agree with that it's light like how do you grab fire how do you hold it how it's right it's it's light it's sharp it's oily Mm -hmm. um and then air same thing like we think we can see air but harder to capture yeah motion but yeah you can't capture it. And the interesting thing, when you start to really dive into some of these aspects of the five element theory, when you start looking at pathology and you start looking like at the systems of the body, it's really, really interesting. So I'm going to challenge you. This is going to be harder, but um, what would be, so if you were to say a more air or etheric quality of a particular tissue in the body that you work with every single day because of your profession which system would we be talking about? Well, I would say like the spinal system is definitely more earth, but the nervous system is absolutely. closer to air. Yes. So when so we... It's s- more movement. There's, yes, yeah. absolutely. Right. That quality of the nervous system is so much more subtle, so much less dense than what we would say about the bones or the spine. Sure. Right. Absolutely. So you, when you start to see that and you start to have that imagery, you're kind of like, okay, so if somebody comes in with a real neurological problem, a real nervous system issue, let's talk about anxiety for just for one second. Sure. What would they need from an Ayurvedic perspective? Somebody's got anxiety sure. more and grounding, complete, more grounding, right, more earth. Yeah. Right? So what could that be? Like how could we prescribe under the condition? Oil? Oil, yes. Topically, internally? Something heavier, like, so is it good for that person to be eating light quality, like crackers or light raw foods? No. Not at all. Actually, that will aggravate. I think more like like root vegetables. Yeah, absolutely. That will. So if that person that has that nervous dispersive, more ether air quality because of whatever's going on with them, if they only focus on foods that are more etheric and more air-like, they're going to get disrupted. And then you put them in the middle of the winter where it's cold and dry and more of these air and ether like qualities, they're going to be really disrupted. If you can give them oil, heavier foods, right? Rich whole grains, um, oil, even in some cases, meat or root vegetables, even milk, right? Even Mm -hmm. sugar, sweet grains, right? This is what that person needs. They need to be... (laughs) 
<laughs> or you can give them Xanax. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Mike, you just fit right in. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, what's interesting is I've heard many times um, one of my massage therapists, Julie, she's been on the show. I've heard her tell people, I've, I've overheard conversations where I'm just, I'm so anxious. I, they're just not grounded. I've heard her say, take off your shoes and put them firmly on the ground, whether mm-hmm. it's in the office or go walk outside, like plant your feet on the earth mm-hmm. um, just to help ground that whole idea of that's a, absolutely it's a five element idea. Well, yeah. and I mean, we talk about it. It's an absolute idea. I mean, we know this just generally outside of Julie making that recommendation. We know this like to get grounded, right? Just to say those words to get grounded is that connection with the earth. Right. And from an Ayurvedic perspective, it's, it's, yeah, it's that hard. It's that density. It's that, it's that capacity that's going to allow you actually to not be more air-like or etheric in, in, in doshic, you know, constitutional perspective. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so, so it's, you know, what makes it really interesting is when you start to look at this with a medical lens, that's where it's the aha moments come in and you just get completely blown away because the diagnosis no longer matters. Right. You know, it's no longer about the diagnosis. It's about what's the element that's involved and how can you actually offset this with doing something really simple. And this is why Ayurveda is so beautiful because it just works so easily. It's like somebody's coming in and they're freaked out and they've got anxiety. You put oil on them, you give them more oil, you start I'm telling you, we we have clients in common. This is the same thing. You start yes. doing some of these things that are more grounding, and they're going to respond in a really positive way. So they call them doshas. Mm-hmm. Doshas are. How would you describe a dosha? What is that? It's a. So doshas are. I'm going to tell you two things. Doshas are. It's the equivalent of the five elements. So we have vata, which is air and ether ether we have pitta which is fire and water and then we have kappa which is earth and water so all of the the doshas actually are are just a direct translation of the elemental qualities or the bioenergies that are involved with that particular constitution so the interesting thing about that is though just to give you a little more information a dosha is really an imbalance so we get born we come into this world right with with what is referred to as prakriti Prakriti is your original constitution. It's like your mom and dad, your mom and dad, my mom and dad, they came together, they had all of us. And maybe your mom was more kafik and your dad had more vata or whatever it was, you know, and then here you are in the world. A, a doshic imbalance, though, is referring to what's called vikriti, which is exactly that. So we're in the world, we come in, we've got a prakriti, a perfect constitution, we're living life, and then we begin to get insults. And, you know, your genetics is part of that, right? But they're doing some really interesting studies now and in looking at epigenetics and, and Ayurveda and how these elements are actually shining through from an epigenetic standpoint, which is a, maybe sometime another show we could have. Um, it's sort of interesting because... Truly, at the end of the day, when you're talking about, so when somebody says, oh, I'm Vata or I'm Pitta, like people don't really know what they're talking about because we are actually all of everything. We can't be without all of the elements. They all exist in everything. Even in this wood, we will find fire. Even in this wood, we will find air and ether. And so at the end of the day, you're looking at the dosha you know, through tongue and pulse, through observation, because you really want to try to help the person become optimized. So if there is more of a vata imbalance, okay, or if the vata, 
you know, is if the person is more vata deranged, as we say in Ayurveda, deranged. You want to, nice. you want to. Why was figure, she looking at me when she said that? <laughs> she did look at you. Is he vata deranged? He's vata deranged. You're I'm, so vata deranged. I'm, I'm does, it like does it sound like I'm swearing at you? It does. You're vata deranged. <laughs> I like this. This is really I, I think I've been accused of being Pitavata. Pitavata. Am I Pitavata? You have... I would say you... Pitavata, yeah. I mean, you have balanced kapha, I would say. But I have balanced I would kapha. Say, I would say if I was to say nothing about any of your doshic, I would say... Probably pitta. You you just have a lot of pitta. You absolutely do. You <laughs> that's have a lot fire, of right? Yes, that's sister, fire. That's right. Woo! That's right. She likes it. Okay, I, I think we, yes. I think we need to take a break because our listeners are like, "What are you talking about?" So we're going to regroup because when we come back, we're going to break down the vata pitta kapha to understand. Wow, what type of person might it look like if they have kapha dosha or pitta dosha? It's very fun. It's very fun. See you on the other side. You're listening to Raw Talk about full potential living for the health of it. Your host is Dr. Jenny Brooke, vitality expert and wellness chiropractor at Spinal Corrective Center in Amherst, New Hampshire. If you're in the Southern New Hampshire area, you can schedule a health consultation and examination with Dr. Jenny. To schedule, call 673-5600. That's 673-5600. For more information about Spinal Corrective Center, go to www.spinalcorrectivecenter.com or call 673-5600. To find a chiropractor in your area, go to www.chiropractic.org slash doctorfinder. Now back to raw talk about full potential living for the health of it. So Jenny, aka Pitta Girl, is here, and we're going to learn what does this mean? What does this mean? All I know is that I had stopped by Dr. Miklis's office, and we were talking, and I said, can I get some of that oil? I have several patients who she makes this like prescribed oil just for you. So she wrote on the oil bottle something about Pitta, maybe really? Pitta Vata. So I'm like, oh, that's, that's what I am. So that was what am I? <laughs> well, you have a lot of pitta too. You're 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 oh, pitta yeah. I, I, We're in a room full of pittas right here. Yeah. I just want you to all know this is this is a room full of pittas here. So for I should sure. go get a fire hose or something. <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Dunk so, your head in that so ice water. What would be the easiest way for our listeners to understand the three types and what they mean? Okay. Well, can we do it in a funny way? Yes. Okay, that'd be great. Um, so I hope both of you, I'm, I'm not a big TV watcher, but um, I used to love, I stopped watching TV after this show went off the air. I used to love Seinfeld. Oh, of course. So if, I can, course. if I can run, run this from like a Seinfeld standpoint, I think we could get a really <laughs> good understanding. So, okay. So Kramer, remember Kramer? Oh, yeah. I would say that Kramer most likely had an imbalance. He was probably Vata deranged. Yes, we could say Kramer <laughs> Kramer was definitely Vata no deranged. Doubt. Okay, a lot of air and ether. He was just kind of like a woo-woo guy. Um, George and then um, Newman. Newman. Remember Newman? Newman? Hello, oh, yeah. Newman. Newman. All right. So George and Newman. Yes, definitely. Can you see the kapha in kapha, both of those guys? Yes, a little more heavy, right? And a little more earthy. heavy, a little more dense, right? George had a big round head. Yes. Newman had a big round head, right? Yes. yes. Then we have Jerry and Elaine, and I would say definitely those guys are a bit more pitta. They're a little pitta vata. They're both like sort of like kooky and crazy, but there's a lot a of fire. fire in both of those guys. So okay. I don't know if that paints the picture really well, yes. but I would say if you can <laughs> if you can plug in into that realm. I mean, we're really looking at, 
you know, the Vata type is, you know, it's more air etheric, maybe like a, you know, a tall, thinner ballet dancer, longer fingers, longer limbs, less, you know, body density. Um, a Pitta person's more like a medium build type of a person, um, strong bone structure, which we call Astisar, like, you know, very strong, like, um, I would say just medium build, but you can tell there's like well-defined muscle and definition. And then of course the Kapha person has more density, right? More uh, heaviness in their body. Maybe they're larger in frame, less, uh, you know, more maybe rounded hands, um, a rounded face, that type of a quality you can see from a constitutional standpoint. Remembering though, that every bit of those elements are in every single person. Right, some are you, more dominant than You others, would not obviously. have... A digestive fire without pitta. You would not have any dosha move in the body without vata, okay? You would not have lubrication at the level of the joints without kapha. So all of these specific aspects about the five elements are within every single person with, regardless. Regardless of what your prakriti is, regardless of what you came into the world with, you have all five elements and you can dig them up and find them in every single person. And in most pathological disease, maybe in all pathological chronic disease, depending on the stage, all elements are involved. So that means all elements are out of balance. All elements have to come back into balance in order for you to actually reach optimal health. So let me see if I got this right. You take somebody like Kramer, who's mm -hmm. very vata, which is more air and ether, mm -hmm. and they get in, they get imbalanced. So let's say it's winter time because this this dosha is more cold, dry wind, right? Yep. So it's winter time, and they haven't they've been eating more popcorn and and crackers, crackers Cheez and cheeses and they and they haven't you know maybe been sleeping enough or whatever it is um maybe the imbalance will show up as say large intestinal problems absolutely like, so not grounded yes um i, constipation. I assume yeah constipation mm -hmm. maybe pain like inflammation is a little mm -hmm. more common with that Definitely. type of person so then you know, these people who you could call like more likely to be like airheads, mm -hmm. they need to get grounded. So yes. what you might recommend is that they start applying oil to their skin Daily. or they might have more root vegetables or drink or eat soups, yep. something more grounding. Yep. Sweet grains, soups, meats, um, root vegetables, more oil in the diet. And probably more movement, like more exercise is important for those people. Not necessarily. No, no. Okay. actually the exact opposite because Vata is mobile. Okay. Oh, okay. So yes, no, that makes sense. actually, if they, yeah. if you might say, get, gather yourself in that season when you're in a susceptible place, gather yourself, you know, more of a restorative practice from an exercise sure. standpoint. They yeah. want to, everybody should exercise, but you don't want that Vata person to overdo it. And the one thing I want to point sure. out about Vata, when you start to read the classical text, which I know you guys are going to run out and get your um, eight volume copies <laughs> no today. Um, when you start to read the classical text, you'll find that each of the doshas are associated with specific pathologies. So what that means, vata dosha has the more susceptibility to the most pathologies. Then comes pitta. Then comes kapha. Okay? Okay, sure. So vata is more, most susceptible. Pitta is next most. And then kapha is the next most and the least. And... Mm -hmm. Interestingly enough, in the classical text, you'll see there's more diseases, more pathology that's associated with vata, 
next with pitta, then mm-hmm. next with kapha. Fewer well, I, diseases I related to that. kapha. Yeah, someone because who's more Because there's more lubrication. Look, sure. at, truth of the matter is, is the more kapha you have in lots of ways, as long as it's not out of balance, right? Because too much kapha out of balance could be diabetes. Okay, that's the, All right? the kapha is the newman. Kapha the, okay. is in balance, absolutely necessary for joint function, for lubrication at the level of the GI tract. Right. Oh, sure. Like, okay. Um, th- this is even, even flu, any fluids in the body. So this like, is this like is so important. Swelling and weight gain is yes. probably a kapha That's imbalance. the imbalance. Imbalance of kapha. Yeah. Or, yes. But in balance, like you would want that person that has more vata to be looking at those things that are more kapha in nature to support them in their doshic imbalance. So a vata person Good. maybe gaining some healthy weight would be better for them. Absolutely. Or in the winter, these are the people who really need to dress warmly. Yep. Like or, go if, to, or go to India. Right. <laughs> but if you Fair have enough. a vata child, you know, say a, a five-year-old, you probably want to put them in extra clothing in the winter, you know, make oh my sure God. they're the I, ones wearing their coat and wearing their layers. Yeah. And oil them up every night, like have them take a bath in warm water and put oil on them, you know, after their bath. Cause that's, oil is going to protect them. It's going to protect their dosha externally and internally. So if you can do that with a child and even particularly on their head at times, because the head is just this, you know, it's really important to keep that person from grounding, right? Because that dispersion comes up out of the top of the head in lots of ways. And so putting oil on the head, it's like this head and body. It's just this full on blanket of protection. I remember my my daughter, who I would say is a bit, can be a imbalanced vada in the winter. The kindergarten teacher said um, she's not really playing much at recess with the kids. And I think it's because she needs extra warmth. And she was dressed very warmly, but she didn't have a super warm hat. She said maybe more of a wool type hat. And it was shocking. I got her a different hat that was warmer. And the very next day at school, she She's became, she was more social. Yeah. She was able to That's just great. interact. Mackenzie seems very active though. That seems like I always see pictures of that girl. I saw her come by my house the other day skateboarding. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, she, yes. She's, she's always, always doing on something. some sort of wheels or, so, yeah, you know. Yeah. There's a lot of air in that girl. Yeah. 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 <laughs> she's cute. Yeah. She is Aww. cute. Yeah. We live. We actually live now around the corner from yeah. Michael. So yeah, come all of all the, the walks and runs and skateboards and yeah, yeah we just wave to Mike yeah. now. It's pretty pretty they, amazing. I noticed when you you always walk on the other side of the street when you come by my house. Though is it something I said? No, I'm again? actually I'm a rule follower, so supposed to walk against traffic. <laughs> yeah, that's really that's oh it. good. That's so Ayurvedic of you. <laughs> I'm so pitta. Okay, so let's talk about let's talk about Elaine. So let's go to a pitta person. Let's what would that look like? Okay, well, I mean, she's. I mean, I know she's shorter in stature, but she is pretty much medium build. She's not super small, right? And she's a, sort of a fiery girl, right? She's always like walking in and open the door and yeah. like, hey, how you yes. doing? And like, just <laughs> you can see it, even as her as an individual. I mean, she has a pitta constitution even out of character. You know, she's just got this like, you know, strong willed like just you know, go get them type of a, an attitude. And so does Jerry for that matter. Yeah. Like she's on a start- show called Veep on HBO. Uh-huh. And, I mean, it's her personality. Yeah. All over. Well, she's the vice would president. Would you just say pitas yeah. are more likely leaders? Hmm. That's interesting. Um, yeah, I guess you could say that. I, I could say leaders, they're direct that pitas are the type that they're going to go, go, go competitive. They have that nature. They're going to go, 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 go. But the one thing about pitta and they have the stamina of nobody else until they burn out. 
Yes, right? because that's crash. the problem. Then they crash. And that's the one thing you have to watch about pitta dosha getting too imbalanced with pathology. Because let's talk about this for a second, like an ulcer. Sure. Right? Or what I mean, happens I eventually, like if you leave an ulcer and you continue, if you have an ulcer and you keep eating that hot and spicy food and you keep living that stressful lifestyle and you're not getting sleep, what's going to happen? It's going to get really Crash bad. and burn. It's going to yeah. get so really bad. Maybe even perforate. Infection, right? inflammation. Or an infection, inflammation, sure. anything like that. Um, the vata person, I would say, is like more of that creative type, right? That's that etheric quality that we're talking about. And then the kapha person, it's just like that that balance, that steadiness, that grounding aspect. Now, we can definitely have a good laugh over George and Newman, right? Because here's where the here's where the the yes, the five elements are in every single person, right? We see the kapha, right, in George physically. We see it in George and in Newman, but but what else about those two guys? Like George definitely has a lot of vata too. I'd say George is a kapha vata guy right? He's a nervous guy. He's a nervous right. wreck. Yes. Right? Yes. yes. And so is Newman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? No doubt. So mm -hmm. I would say if I was to pinpoint both of those two characters, I'd say they're like a kapha vata, you know what I mean, in balance in both of them, because both of them seem like they've got like that, you know, nervous, like whatever, you know, tendency, but yet they've got that. Now, the one thing I want to tell you, which is really interesting, this is where it gets a little trickier with Ayurveda. Remember what I was just saying that vata dosha, um, it's the only dosha that can move the other doshas from one point to the next. So every dosha has seats, organ seats, like within the body. So the large intestine is a great example for um, vata, the small intestine for pitta, and then the chest and the stomach and lungs for kapha, right? Which makes sense, right? Think mm -hmm. about the fluid level of the lungs and the stomach. Yeah. So... The interesting thing about this that, that, you know, is something to take a look at a little bit further is that with, you know, each of these doshas, the, if they end up in a place where they shouldn't be, it's because of vata dosha. They're not moving from that place without vata. They don't move without vata. So we know that if a person has a doshic imbalance, like let's say an inflamed joint that doesn't look like, because we can have we can have more of a kapha watery joint, we can have a more of a hot and fiery joint, and we could have a drier joint when it comes to joint pain, right? right All three sure. of those joints problems could be part of the picture. If you have that red inflamed joint, vata has pushed pitta into that joint. Okay. This is where you start to look at kind of going back to George and Newman, where you can't just say, oh, I'm a vata. Oh, I'm a pitta. Oh, I'm it's a kapha. It's not like yeah. that. It's like, what's the imbalance? And so when we look at George and we look at Newman, we can really see the kapha physically without a doubt. But, but I absolutely can see the vata in both of those characters. Does it sound about right like is it making yeah, a little more sense i can totally sense? see that and i could see how someone trained to understand it could really help someone in that what would you what would you do with a kapha imbalance um dry up the fluid you have to you need a little bit more fire right okay and you need to you it, it's a little bit bitters is a great way ah, sure right greens getting the sweets out the heavier quality what's heavy bitters yeah, bitters like bitter like it, greens. I can have my. Like, oh, I thought you, like I put those in my Manhattan. I was going to say I'll have two tonight. <laughs> Michael, yes, think exactly. arugula. Oh, oh yeah, oh, arugula, okay. kale. See, I think bitters. Yeah, the, I think, the kaffa, the kaffa diet isn't as fun. I would say, like if you have a kaffa imbalance, but you know, spring greens 
like think about that dandelion greens and some of these lighter things even even skipping a meal right not mm-hmm. eating three times a day, having sure. lighter foods, oh, that makes less sense. sugar, sure. anything that's heavy, right? Meat, grains, sugar, oil, right? We want to lighten these folks up a little bit. They don't okay. need to eat as much. So to kind of just wrap this up, if we were to talk about some of the main ways to create harmony or causes of disharmony, if we look at the inverse of that when it comes to Ayurveda, um, what should we keep in mind? For example, it seems like not being in moderation, taking in too much of something or too little of something can get you out of balance. So maybe variety in Mm -hmm. the diet. Would you say that's important or variety in life in general? Well, I think that's really a great question. And one thing I would say would be one of the biggest things from an Ayurvedic perspective is daily routine. So understanding how your routine can influence your doshic imbalance, eating with the seasons, I mean, this is so Ayurvedic. Sure. This is like the yeah. hot so thing. Everybody wants to eat sure. more locally and eat more seasonally. Sure. That's what Ayurveda is. So when we have root vegetables, you know, obviously harvesting them in the fall, that's that's a perfect time to eat and eat them because we're going into Vata season, right? We've come right. out of the Pitta season. What do we have? We have all this now, this beautiful fresh fruit, like cooling fruits. Watermelon. Right now. It's like all these things. So perfect for Pitta so season. Really, right? it sounds like what you should do is follow nature's cue. Exactly. That's Following it. nature's yeah. cue. That's exactly what Ayurveda is. Yeah. It's the science of life. It's that connection between the microcosm and the macrocosm. We're so lucky because we can, you know, we can eat globally all the time, but the truth right. of the matter is is eating with the seasons, paying attention to what the daily routine is. I mean, going to bed early, understanding when you're when you're when you start to see things like when you're waking up at two or three o'clock in the morning, you know that vata dosha is actually involved. You know, all these things about your daily routine and really sticking with it, eating three meals a day, I think is probably one of the most important things. Having something, you know, from an Ayurvedic perspective, when you can eat three meals a day and sustain your hunger in between meals and not have any problems in between those meals, that's a sign of health. And so making sure that you have a proper daily routine, making sure that you're eating from a seasonal perspective and understanding what your doshic um, imbalance is, I think are some of the easiest things that you can do to really support your health. It's like, okay, so if you have dry skin, stop eating dry crackers. Right. (laughs) Okay. If you've got GERD, you have gastroesophageal reflux, get off the chili peppers and the vinegar and the salt and the oil. Right. Right. If you have more kapha, stop with the sweets and the heavy meats and and the the bread grains and the breads, Mm -hmm. you know, lighten it up a little bit. Think about the opposite, right? Sure. And maintain your daily routine and look towards the season, seasonal influence. And and like Mike said, like listen to nature and your inner voice and that go in, go inside and say, what does my body need right now? Ayurveda is a spiritual science. That's what we need back in conventional medicine. Absolutely. We need more of a spiritual focus and understanding how we are deeply connected to the universe. There's and no I, money in that, Margaret. Come on. I, I know. <laughs> Shucks. I know. Well, that's okay. Can I, can I disagree? I think that people are ready to do something better. I think people I are ready too. to not just turn to a pharmaceutical at any sign of imbalance. And I think people are seeking out naturopathic doctors and holistic doctors, just like Dr. Margaret and just like me, because they're 
they're ready. They were smart, they're, they would. they're ready to do something different. I think that's why our practices are booming, and I think that's why shows like this are popular. Well, and the only thing that I will just also say is that the Ayurveda does not have to cost you an arm and a leg. There's some really simple things that you can do from an Ayurvedic perspective to really integrate into your daily life. Like that listen to the show. Exactly. If our listeners wanted to learn more, do you have any websites you'd recommend, including your own? Oh, absolutely. Um, well, for sure, the National Ayurvedic Medical Association, which I'm on the board of directors of, is a great resource. Um, there's there's lots of great schools around the Kripal School of Ayurveda, if anybody's interested in learning um, Ayurveda even in a bigger way. Um, those are two really good resources. Dr. Vasant Ladd, who um, I will plug because he's one of my teachers and I love him. He has so many great books. Um, he started the Ayurvedic Institute and I would say he's, he, he is a guru and he's, I would say one of the, one of the academic gurus here in the United States. He's written many, many, many great books, beginner. You could go on Amazon and find like one of his beginner Ayurvedic books. And I always carry one wherever I go and have something that I can reference and, um, those are a couple of really good resources. I would say Nama is a great resource, and 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 soon my my new website's going to have a lot of information awesome. too. LivingNaturalLLC.com, www.livingnaturalinc.com, inc.com. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're always a blessing to have on the show. Thanks, Doctor Nicholas. Here always, definitely. Be well, everybody. You've been listening to Raw Talk about full potential living for the health of it. Your host was Dr. Jenny Brooke, vitality expert and wellness chiropractor at Spinal Corrective Center in Amherst, New Hampshire. If you live in the southern New Hampshire area, schedule a health checkup with Dr. Jenny at 673-5600. That's 673-5600. For more information about Spinal Corrective Center, call 673-5600 or check out www.spinalcorrectivecenter.com. You can also find Dr. Jenny on Facebook at Spinal Corrective Center. Thank you for listening to Raw Talk about full potential living for the health of it.